Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in West Jordan. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. This is Pastor Keith. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Pastor Steve Pearson and I are both pastors, and we have the privilege of preaching in our local churches. And on occasion, there are messages that are given that don't just resonate with our congregations, but they resonate within us as preachers. And we definitely sense that the Spirit of God was moving in a special way as that message was delivered. Today, we'd like to share with you that message given by Pastor Steve from God's Word. You may also visit rhutah.church to listen to this message in its entirety. Let's listen to the Word of God. We make mistakes. (laughs) Our lives are riddled with mistakes. Um, I I think of mistakes that I made when I was a young man, when I was a little kid, right? I think of things, mistakes I made as a young married man. I remember our first weekend, you know, home in in our new little apartment, and I was zealous for the things of God where you're just locking yourself in the room when you're single and you're reading the Bible for a couple hours, and and all of a sudden, my new wife comes in, Trisha, and my only wife, Trisha, but she was new at the time, right? (laughs) She comes in, and I hear this wrestling around in the background, and she's like playing with clothes and everything, and I just kind of turned around, and I said, um, could you mind? I'm having some time with the Lord. Now, I've been married for 26 years. Homie doesn't play that game anymore, right? (laughs) If I hear wrestling behind me, I get up and I go help. But just dumb things, you guys, mistakes that we make when we're young. And listen, all of you guys, you have your version of that reality, right? If you could think back, it wouldn't wouldn't have to go back very far. I think of mistakes I've made even as a believer in the last year or two years. You guys, our lives are full of mistakes. But listen, there is a fine balance between reflecting on those mistakes and losing yourself in them, right? Where you actually live in them. And you guys, we need to acknowledge and learn learn from our mistakes, but not focus on them. Those who live in the past will seldom learn from it. And listen, those who ignore the past can never be trained by it. God doesn't want us to ignore our past. He wants us to look at it and look at the mistakes so that we can learn. And that's true as individuals, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your finances, whether it's corporately as a business. Businesses focus on the past while they live in the present so they don't make the mistakes. And you guys, it's also true of a prosperous nation. When we talk about learning lessons from the past You guys, it doesn't always have to be our own. It doesn't have to be our own mistakes. We can look at the mistakes of others. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you're there, look at verse 1. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. They were all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now look at verse 6. These things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. 
Look at verse 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination or the end of the ages have come. You guys, in a perfect world, listen, in a perfect world, we would experience life by learning from good examples. Some of you have had that. Some of you have grown up with a mom who's loved God, a mom who respected her husband, and you watched that in your home. And that's a great example. You watched what she was like with you and training you in the things of God. Some of you grew up with a wonderful dad and you watched what he did and how he respected and loved your mom. And those are great examples to have. Some of you have had a wonderful boss where the boss was a great leader. And you looked at an example and you said, I want to be a leader like that. Some of you have had great leaders in churches and pastors where you can look at them and go, man, I love the way that they pastor. I love their heart for the people. In the perfect world, that's great. But we don't live in a perfect world. And what I've found is I've found that I don't always learn from good examples. Sometimes God lets me learn from bad examples. Sometimes God lets me learn from a mom who isn't an ideal mom. Sometimes God lets us see the bad example in things so that we would learn from that as well. Having a boss over you in construction that made your life miserable every day or God forbid you should go to a church and a pastor should be a bad example of what grace and mercy is ruling over you and domineering over your faith. But listen, you guys, God lets us learn from those things too. And sometimes those bad examples are sometimes the best examples because when we see them, we always say, I never want to what? Be like that. I never want to be like that. I never want to be that type of dad. I never want to be that type of husband or that type of wife. I never want to be like that. Folks, the Bible encourages us to learn from other people's mistakes. And never is that more true than when it comes to the nation of Israel. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 12. 1 Kings chapter 12. Now, I'm going to put out a disclaimer. Folks, we're starting a series here called The Day Before Tomorrow. This is the first of four parts. If you untwist that, the day before tomorrow means today. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at what the Bible says causes the destruction of a nation. And I'm going to offend some people. Okay? If you want to email me, um, where's Renee? <laughs> I'm not here to offend you. I'm here to just simply show you what God's word says. But listen, it's going to touch some nerves. In 1 Kings chapter 12, we read about a national tragedy, you guys, of epic proportions. But here's the thing. We catch it in its embryonic phase. That means we catch it when it's just starting. And so we're able to follow it all the way through for several hundred years, and watch what takes place. Here's what happens. Solomon sins greatly. He turns his heart towards women. He turns his heart towards might. He turns his heart towards riches. And God comes to him and says, because you've done this, I'm going to rip the kingdom from you. You don't get it anymore. Only for David's sake, I won't do it in your life. I'll do it in your son's life. And so when Solomon dies, his son Rehoboam comes up to be king. Well, in that time, the northern part of Israel, which was all one nation, they were feeling distant 
from the South. And they kind of felt like it was a taxation without representation deal. You know, we kind of want to be in the crew and the clan here. We got to go all the way down South to worship God. Would you cut us a break? And so their leader, Jeroboam, meets with Rehoboam, Solomon's son, the king of Israel, to discuss perhaps lightening the load so that they can serve God. And Rehoboam takes it into consideration. He says, I'll get back to you. He goes for a few days, and he talks to some wise men, and he talks to some young men. The wise men say, do what they say, man. Lighten the load for them. They'll serve you forever. The young men say, bump that. Tighten the noose around their neck. Show them this is your day. You're the king. You're the man. Let's do this. So he goes back, and he takes the advice of the young people. And what happens? We're told the kingdom splits. Ten tribes go to the north. So when you read First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, when you see a reference to Israel or Samaria, it's talking about those tribes in the north. When you hear a reference to Judah or Jerusalem or Ariel, it's talking about the two tribes of Benjamin and Judah in the south. This was tragic, but here's what was more tragic. In First Kings chapter 12, Jeroboam was an insecure leader. And what he decided to do, as he reasoned in his mind, if my people have to go all the way down south to worship God, they're ultimately going to embrace Rehoboam as their king again. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them an alternative. I'm going to build some altars in Dan. I'm going to build some altars in Bethel. And I am going to give them a sacrificial system, a religious system. I'm going to draw them in. I'm going to give them an alternative. And look at 1 Kings chapter 12. And look at verse 26. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom will turn back to the house of David. If these people go up and offer sacrifices in the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of these people will turn again to their Lord. And Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So the king took counsel, and he made two golden calves. And he said to the people, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Then this thing became a sin for the people, went as far as Dan to be before one. He also made temples on high places. He appointed priests, and among all the people who were not of the Levites, and Jeroboam appointed a feast on the 15th day of the 8th month, like the feast that was in Judah. And he offered sacrifices on an altar. He goes on and he says that he placed in Bethel priests in high places that he had made. He went up to an altar and they made sacrifices. And so what he did is he took all of what he had known to be true and he made kind of a, a pseudo image of it. And over the years, it became corrupted. 200 years these people began to involve themselves in idolatry. They played the harlot while the south continued to worship God. God sent them prophets. He warned them. He sent them Amos to warn them. He sent them judgments to warn the north. He said, look, I pulled your food from you. In Amos chapter 4, I took your bread from you. You guys didn't listen to me. He goes on and he says in Amos 4, I withheld rain from you. I'm trying to get your attention. You guys blew me off. You didn't care. He said, I struck your gardens. I struck your vineyards. I sent you pestilence and sickness, all of it, for 200 years to get your attention. You didn't listen to me. In fact, 
He said, I even treated some of you like Sodom and Gomorrah. You're listening to Shots of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Steve Radley. At Shots of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from this station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shots of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's because join Pastor Steve when and Pastor no Keith for the conclusion and of God today's tells conversation. Him, you go tell these people they're not my people, and you go tell them there will be no mercy from God. This was their condition. And in 722 BC, a group of people came in and filleted them alive. The Assyrians cut their skin off. They hooked them up and they took them away and that nation was destroyed. Now, let's fast forward 200 years. A young man is walking through the streets of Jerusalem. He's crying out to the two last remaining tribes, Judah and Benjamin. He says this, How I wanted, thus saith the Lord, how I wanted to set you among my sons, to have you call me father and hoped you wouldn't turn from following me, but you're like an unfaithful wife. And then he hits them in the gut. In Jeremiah chapter 3, Jeremiah stands up and he says, Have you seen what she's done? The faithless one Israel, the north, 200 years ago. Have you seen what she's done? How she went on every high hill and under every green tree and she played the whore. And I thought after she was done with all this, she would return, but she hasn't. And then he says, and her treacherous Judah sister saw it. You saw it. You were in the south. You saw what they did. He goes on. Her treacherous Judah sister didn't fear me, but she went on and she played the harlot also. In other words, what God is saying, he goes on to say that faithless Israel was more righteous than Judah. What is going on? God, you guys, had expected them and held them accountable to learn, to, to learn from other people's mistakes. You had your sister in the north. Why didn't you guys look at it? Why'd you go do the same thing? There is an expectation from God that we would look back. In fact, she was more righteous than you because you knew better. And somehow in your mind, you thought that I would be different with you. You should have looked and learned. The consequences of Judah's rebellion and their unwillingness to learn from others' mistakes is detailed in the book of Jeremiah and Lamentations. And Jeremiah and Lamentations is a recipe book for the destruction of a nation. You want to know how to destroy a nation? Read it. It'll tell you exactly how, and it will give you three ingredients that destroys a nation, and it will tell you how to prepare each of those ingredients to make sure that destruction will take place. You guys, my prayer is that as we go through this, our eyes will be opened so that we wouldn't do or support the same things that took this place down. Remember, these were God's people, and he didn't spare them. He didn't spare them at all. And the arrogance, the arrogance of people in this nation, the arrogance of people that sit inside churches to think, well, God is for our country, and God will never do this. If God did it to Israel, God will do it to people who reject him. That is biblical. 
This is Pastor Keith Radke. We played the first part of a message given by Pastor Steve Pearson at Redemption Hill Church. You may also visit rhutah.church to listen to this message in its entirety. This series will be personal, and listen, it will have national implications. I don't care what political party you belong to, it doesn't matter, it's not important. What's important is right and wrong. And God will show you firsthand how a nation is destroyed. And what you will see is striking parallels between what happened to them and what's happening to us. So, let's turn to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations is written during a time of complete devastation. It's five poems. Five poems that Jeremiah, who's known as the weeping prophet, he, he walking through the, the ruins of a city. When you read the book of Jeremiah, the first part of the book of Jeremiah are the last hour warnings. you got to stop, you got to stop, you got to repent. The last part of Jeremiah is the destruction and what takes place and the anarchy. And then Lamentations is him writing down as he walks through the ruins of what should have never been. And what he sees, it would be tantamount to you walking through Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, New York, when it's been completely leveled, and you're looking at all of the devastation in people's lives, and you're writing them down as you're weeping. And here's the issue. Nobody believed it would happen. He says in Lamentations 5, nobody believed that the enemy would come into the gates of Jerusalem. They were proud. They were strong. In my recipe book at home, my keto recipe book, it has a picture. Then it has the ingredients. Then it has how you prepare it. It has a picture. And you know what? The picture is what grabs you, right? Nobody looks at the words and goes, oh, how delicious. Right? You look at the picture. They doctor the picture up. And you're going, I want that. And then they say, well, here's what's in that. And here's how you make that. I want to read to you. I just want you to sit back. I want you to jump in with your mind and your heart. I want to read to you a number of scriptures out of Lamentations from 1 to 5. I want to paint for you the picture of what he's experiencing. I want you to feel this with your heart. And know you and I are not very far from this. Listen to his experience as he cries out. And remember, we're talking about the mightiest nation on earth. We're talking about the envy of the world, Israel. We're talking about the richest nation in the world. Nobody dare come against her. Listen to the picture he paints. Then I'll share with you the ingredients, and I'll share with you how to make what you see. See with your heart. Jerusalem, once full of people, is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits alone like a widow. Once the queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. Her people sob through the night. Tears stream down their cheeks. Among all her lovers, there is no one left to comfort her. And her friends, they've betrayed her, and they have become her enemies. Judah has been led away into captivity, oppressed with cruel slavery. She lives among foreign nations, no identity. She has no place of rest. Her enemies, 
they rejoice. The enemy has plundered her completely, raped her of every precious thing she owns. She's seen foreigners violate her temples, the places that the Lord had forbidden them to go. Her people groan and ache as they search for bread. They have sold all their treasure for food just to stay alive. Oh, Lord, look, she mourns. For all these things I weep. Tears flow down my cheeks. No one's here to comfort me. No one's here to encourage me. My children, they have no more future. For the enemy has conquered us. Jerusalem reaches out for help, but no one comforts her. Regarding his people Israel, God has said, let their neighbors be their enemy, and I have thrown them away like a filthy rag. Without mercy, the Lord has destroyed every home in Israel. In his anger, he has broken down the walls of Jerusalem, beautiful Jerusalem. He's brought them to the ground, dishonoring their kings and their politicians. Yet the Lord has vanquished Israel like an enemy. He's destroyed her palaces, demolished her fortresses. He has brought unending sorrow and tears upon beautiful Jerusalem. He's broken down his temple as though it were just a shelter. The Lord blotted out all the memory of their holy festivals, of their Sabbath days. Their kings and their priests all fall together. The Lord has rejected his own altar. He despises his own sanctuary. He's given Jerusalem's palaces to the enemies as they shout for joy. Jerusalem's gates have sunk to the ground. They are smashed as they throw dust on their head. The young women of Jerusalem, they hang their heads in shame. They've cried until the tears are no longer there for their heart is broken. My spirit is poured out in agony as I see the desperate plight of my people. Little children and tiny babies are fainting and dying in the streets. They cry out to their moms, we need food and drink. Their lives ebb away in the streets like the life of a warrior wounded in battle. They gasp for life and they collapse in their mother's arms. Oh Lord, think about this. Should you treat your own people this way? Should mothers eat their own children? Those that once bounced on their knees, the hands of compassionate women have boiled their own children for food. Should priests and prophets be killed within the temple? I see people lying in the streets, young and old, boys and girls, killed by the enemy. You've invited terror from all around, and you've put an end to joy. The enemy has killed our children whom I carried and raised. The women and young women are raped in the streets. Our princes are hung. Our elders are treated with contempt. And the young men, they've been led away to work at millstones. Our eyes grow dim with tears, for Jerusalem is empty and desolate, and there is no one to help us. There's your picture. What would it take to make something like that? What would it take? What would it take to have every home ravaged? To have a nation where there are no laws? To have women and young girls being raped in the streets? 
to have all religions completely devastated? What would it take to make a picture like that? Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is a joint outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah, and River Community Church in West Jordan, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show, and from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 